Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Ex Nihilo with Father Martin Wen and Steve Bucklin, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to our weekly podcast. This is your host, Father Martin. And your co-host, Steve Bucklin. Greetings, Lenten greetings. Well, Lenten greeting. Happy Lent. Yeah, I hope you all broken out your favorite purple garments. Now's the time to wear them. Are you penitential enough? Yeah, everyone should be looking miserable for like the next four weeks in purple. Who's been taking cold showers and not sleeping on beds? Um, not me. Not me either. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we're one week down into Lent. Um... I hope everybody's doing well. Hopefully, uh, whatever it is that you decided to to add or give up uh, for your Lenten uh, journey is going well. Yeah, and just realistically speaking, if you might have, you know, fallen short and uh, slipped off, get back on track again and begin anew. And that's right. There's always time to do good things. Absolutely. There's 40 days of them. Right. But the good news is if you slipped up and you're starting now, you probably only have like 28 or 30 days left to go. So it's much easier. (laughs) So basically, this is your way of teaching them how to cheat. No, no. I'm just merely saying that you don't just give up. That's true. Right? How uh, A 30-day journey is better than a zero-day journey. Absolutely. How Christian of Steve, folks. That's right. Mercy. It's not out of style. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. This is a terrible Wait till Father Martin takes over. When he becomes Bishop Martin, there'll be no mercy in his diocese. (laughs) This sounds terrible, Pope Priest. The Jubilee year of unmercy. How about damnation? Uh, yes. yes. Oh, year of that's damn. bad. <laughs> the year of damnation. The year, that's great. Thank you, Weekend. Uh, All right. Well, we do have actually have a topic as we're heading in. So, as many of you may have noticed, uh, at Mass last weekend, uh, you probably, depending on which Mass you're at, um, had some nice young folks who got up, and they've probably been getting up, usually at the 9 o'clock Mass for most folks, mm-hmm. um, and we pray over them. Uh, and this weekend, they got to sign their names into a book called the Book of the Elect. The Book of the Elect. And so where do these people come from, these strange people from another planet uh, that we keep praying for every week? We've got a very nice title for them. They are called the Catechumens. Are they? Not anymore. Now they're the elect. Oh, that's true. How did they even get there in the first place? What is this process? It's all a mystery. We have to unravel it. And that is the topic for us to talk about this this week in this podcast. That's right. We're going to talk the the long anticipated RCIA podcast. It's fun to stay in the RCIA. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) So RCIA, as many of you uh, know, especially uh, more well educated Catholics, stands for Roman Catholic Intelligence Agency, Uh, and the branch of the RCIA here in America is actually um, at the cathedral. Did you know that? No, I did not. And Steve just made that name up, folks. <laughs> RCA stands for the Rite of Christian Initiation for Adults. And mm. basically, it is a process of preparation for those who wish to join the Catholic Church, um, to be baptized, and to receive all the sacraments of initiations on the Easter Vigil. That's right. So, now, for those of you who do not know, Steve just don't sit around all the time and wait to be in the podcast with Father Martin. Steve has a job, and his job at the cathedral is the director of RCIA. Um, so let's just get some background yeah. information real quick. Steve, so how did you get into uh, 
doing this job? Uh, well, that's that's way too long a story. The 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 super abbreviated um, is that uh, I actually came through a portion of the RCA. Well, let me backtrack. You okay. know what the strange thing is what is that, and most people don't realize this. Everybody is in the RCIA. You just didn't know it. Well, ongoing. Everyone is in the RCIA. Okay. Every Catholic um, who has been baptized and celebrated their sacraments of initiation, or even just been baptized. Um, it doesn't matter where you fall on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are in the RCIA because the rite of Christian initiation for adults, that process of initiation begins when we're born. Correct. Really takes its sacramental roots when we're baptized and continues as we continually are converted to Christ until we finally arrive, hopefully, in heaven. Exactly. And then you're out. That's when you finally graduate from mm-hmm. the RCIA. So... There are different pieces of it, but I came through uh, the RCA myself um, kind of late in life and um, spent a few years helping out, and then uh, my mentor um, passed the baton to me um, five years ago. So oh. I've been here at the cathedral for five years. Nice. At, at some point, we will get a more in-depth story out of Steve. Now, what... That'll be for the summer when the ten people who listen drop to five. <laughs> He's a little pessimistic today. Oh no, I'm I'm optimistic. Ten's very optimistic. <laughs> so, well, Steve, what what has it been like for you walking on this side of the uh, of the fence? Uh, well, it's honestly, it's it's um, from the perspective of the folks who help out with the process. It's, it's a very beautiful time because we work, and the the blessing of my job is I get to work with people who are actively seeking Christ in their lives and right. who want to um, increase their faith, deepen their relationship with Christ, and celebrate the sacraments, be initiated into the body of Christ. Um, and it's a very solemn um, job. It's, mm-hmm. it's definitely a challenge. Um, we get people from all over, all spectrums, uh, young people, old people. Um, and you know, our job is to, my job is to help coordinate it, but really our job, all of us, mm-hmm. as baptized Christians, baptized Catholics, is to help these people. The job of the RCA and the responsibility for bringing people into the church lies with everybody. You know, Jesus gave that commandment, right? Yep. At the end of the gospel, we'll go out and pronounce the good news and then baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we are carrying out the mandate of the Lord. Uh, for me, it's, it's quite interesting because I am what we call a cradle Catholic. I was born, and then a month later, my mom got me baptized. And so I've always been raised in the Catholic faith. What I find so interesting to listen to the stories of those who come into the faith later in life, mm-hmm. uh, what inspire them? It, well, it's kind of it's interesting because there's really a couple of paths. So typically, so there's usually three kind of normal paths that people kind of arrive at, at mm-hmm. being Catholic. So as you mentioned, they're cradle Catholic, you know, you're born, you're baptized, and you kind of grow up in the faith. Um, another track is people who are born, they're never baptized. Right. Uh, so they grow up, and, and throughout their lives, they, they may or may not know Christ, they may or may not go to church, but for whatever reason, they're never, they're never baptized, mm-hmm. uh, specifically with water in the Trinitarian formula, so in a, in a form of baptism that we would recognize. And then the third path is people who are baptized, but they're baptized in another Christian denomination. So the same formula, but just in another denomination, such as Baptist, 
uh, Lutheran, Methodist, Episcopal. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm leaving. If I'm leaving your favorite denomination out, I apologize. So for those folks, because they've been baptized already, what we do is to receive them into what we call the full communion right. with the Catholic Church. Well, and what's confusing to a lot of folks is is um, that every piece, so it doesn't really matter what path you're on, mm-hmm. right? Each one has a place in the RCI, in the catechumenal process. Sure. Um, and so what we deal with really, so when you speak about the Easter Vigil and the folks who are who are just uh, accepted by the bishop into the order of the elect, which, by the way, happens all over the world on the first Sunday of Lent. So it wasn't just the folks in, in your parish who were signing their books. This was happening worldwide. Um, and those folks, specifically for them, this is a journey that for many um, has been going on for years. Right. And so and it's, and it, the whole process of the catechumen is actually based and modeled on the experience of the apostles during their time with Christ. So when Christ began his work here, the time that he spent with the apostles was the public ministry three right years? three years right so you know we typically the rca process for for uh, folks who are unbaptized is about a year maybe mm-hmm. a little bit longer um although i would say everybody's on their own journey so right. you know there's no, no one size fits all but if the apostles took three years you know for us all <laughs> it's <laughs> right. ongoing it's, it's ongoing. ongoing so um but if we go back to the, the early church, a lot of yep. the folks, because because the sacrament of reconciliation was not very popular back mm. in the early church. And not so, only that, but you, um, in we I don't know if we mentioned this when we talked about reconciliation last week, but the sacrament of reconciliation for many hundreds of years in the early church was available once and one time only. That was yep, a one and done deal. Yep. So, so the folks would, would often postpone baptism in right to much much later in life so that you know they would get baptized and go straight to heaven that's what they they wanted to do uh and so sometimes the the process of rca can get dragged on for years and years and years yep uh but if we want to look at the purest form i think what steve proposed earlier is was very much in line the three years process of um yeah from the moment you got accepted well Think about, I mean, I think it's easiest if you think really about the, the foundational journey of the apostles. So, you know, when, when Jesus calls James and John from the boat, mm-hmm. right, that's the first time they're hearing the good news. That's really Jesus evangelizing sure. James and John and calling to them and them responding to the call mm-hmm. from Christ getting out of the boat, throwing down the nets, and beginning to follow him. Now, they didn't know everything, right? And, and certainly the learning curve for them was steep. And so the, the catechumenal model's measure is, is basically modeled exactly on that, that framework. So people hear the good news, they begin to have questions, maybe they start going to Mass, they talk to friends um, that they have, and then the church, we receive them and, and welcome them in and help guide them and, and work with their questions um, so that they can start to form a, a faith conscience, really. Mm-hmm. So start to understand what, what's this faith thing? Who is this, who is this Jesus you speak of? And, you know, sure. um, and that process can go on for however long it takes. So you right. mentioned in the old, uh, many hundreds of years ago, it could go on your whole life, largely because in the, in the olden days, you know, baptism wipes away all of our sins. So, you know, you may as well get everything in before you're baptized, right? 
there's always the right. There's always these retreats for the uh, the catechumens or the elect before Easter, and all the retreats seem to happen in Vegas. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so so um, so what had happens is after that period of time when they're when they decide they're ready, um, these inquirers right um, will ask to be brought into the household of the church, right. and so that step is the that step of bringing them into the household of the church is is has a very special right and an order, uh, and they're called the order of catechumens. So mm-hmm. you would come in, you're basically coming in, we're welcoming them into the household of the church, um, they're in a special group, if anything was to happen to them, they're entitled to a Christian burial, things like that. Right. Um, and then that time in the catechumen, it can go again for, it's an indetermined amount of time. Um, so people can be welcomed into the catechumenate at any time, and they stay in the catechumenate for as long as it takes. And Really, when we talk about it being one person's journey, it's because you you have to decide. With with all the sacraments, they have to be freely received, and you have to be sure, not just in your head, but in your heart, Correct. that this is where you want to go, that you want to be claimed uh, for Christ, that mm-hmm. you want to to be initiated into his body. Um, and, you know, for everybody, you know, who knows when that, you can't set a timer on it. It's not like, it's not like an easy bake oven. Right. right we just yeah. stick the catechumen in. Turn the 35-minute timer, and they pop out as an elect. <laughs> uh, so now, now in the uh, the current process of the church, the the candidates or the um, the catechumens they go yep. through the period of uh, of learning and of inquiring for themselves, and then choose for themselves. Then on the first Sunday of Lent, is that correct? Yes. They, they sign into the book of what is called the Book of the Elect? Yeah. So on the first Sunday of Lent, all of the, the parishes um, specific, well, in the diocese or in a diocese here in Orlando, we, we have them all. They go through a thing. It could be either celebrated the weekend before or more typically the weekend of. Um, the reason one might celebrate it the weekend before is if you're in a di- particularly large diocese. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be practical to, because you got to travel. Right. And so what happens this process of the elect is is the parishes are recommending that their catechumens go to the bishop and ask to be accepted by the bishop uh, into the order of the elect so that they may be baptized and received into the church at the Easter Vigil. So that's the bishop, who's responsible for all the souls in his diocese, giving his okay that these people, yes, these people are, are ready, we want them to be members of the church. Right, and so in this Lenten journey, just like we the Catholic faithful, we go through a period of purification and intense uh, increase in our penitential practices. Enlightenment. Uh, yep. Same with them, the, the catechumens, or the, the elect in this sense. Yep. Because they go through a more intensive process of preparation uh, for the Easter sacraments. Yes. So their journey, their Lenten journey, um, is a little bit different because they're not just they, it, it's the same in that we're all preparing to celebrate the resurrection mm-hmm. but they're celebrating or the resurrection in a sense in a very real sense they're preparing to celebrate their own recon, their own resurrection their own dying to self and rising again in Christ through the waters of baptism and right. so it's not just Christ's resurrection that they're getting preparing for it's, it's their own so it's it's very it's very spiritual it's a very serious time and uh, the uh the whole concept of resurrection for the for the elect, it's very much strongly emphasized in the early church. If you read yes. the Didache or the the church fathers and, and see 
the process that they they go through on the Easter Vigil when they face West and renounce the devils and all these evil things, and then they face East to be baptized into a in a very large baptismal font that has like eight uh, corners. Oh, it was bigger than that. In 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 the in cool times, um, early church practice, and you mentioned the Didache. The Didache's um, an early church document is really kind of like the first catechism, um, and it recommended it highly, if at all possible, full immersion. So what would what would actually happen once we started being able to build churches as we headed into the sixth, eight hundreds, ninth century. Um, is the church would be built, and then immediately outside the church would be another building. If any of you have ever been to the Notre Dame uh, uh, Cathedral in Paris, there's a building immediately outside called the Baptistry. Mm-hmm. And so in that building was actually where the baptismal font was. It wasn't actually in the church. And what would happen is they would renounce Satan, as you mentioned, facing west. They would mm-hmm. go into the Baptistry, facing east, go take off all their clothes, into the water, they would be baptized by the priest, and then they would rise out from the other side, facing east. Right. We'd put it. We'd anoint them, put a white cloak on them, uh, give them a candle, and then we'd send them out. And the beautiful thing was that at the Easter vigils, they would come out, and all of the parishioners at in the church would be waiting on the steps for the newly baptized, for the neophytes, and then those newly baptized would lead everyone into the church. With well, that's that really is a beautiful practice that that sort of get lost along the way because it it highlights once again the concept of rising again to new life with Christ and then welcome into the bosom of the church by the rest of the members. Yeah, and even today, you know, um, at the cathedral, we usually get a roaring fire outside, get the Paschal candle going, mm-hmm. um, and we. The procession begins with the elect coming into the church. Now, everyone's already in because, well, we're downtown Orlando, so it would be a little hard. Um, and our baptismal font is inside. But but it's still, it's a very powerful liturgy um, to see, you know, with the babies. The babies are beautiful and the babies are cute. Mm-hmm. But the babies are there because mom and dad brought them, right? Right. And it's the, it's the parents' intent. When it comes to the Easter Vigil, you're seeing adults who are standing up freely choosing and asking to be received into the body of Christ. And it's very powerful. If you haven't ever been to an Easter Vigil, I highly recommend it. True. It, it, it is a long liturgy, but it's very solemn, very powerful if you allow yourself to, to emerge into the mystery that is being celebrated. Uh, in the darkest of nights, the light of Christ shines as the new hope. And then you see this hope being spread through these men and women who, like Steve said, freely choose to be a part of this body, the church, the, the body of Christ. Um, and so I have always had a lot of admiration for the folks who have gone through the process of RCAA because for them it is, it is a process of getting to know Jesus and then to choose to be in relationship with Him. Yeah, and it's it's very, um, from my perspective, and, and we have a lot of great volunteers uh, here, and they're great volunteers all over um, the world who help with this process. And for, for us, the most rewarding thing is to see the curiosity and to hear the questions and to feel, um, you know, that drive, that thirst, that uh, hunger to know Christ 
uh, more deeply mm-hmm. throughout the process, and you see it grow, and you begin to see the pieces, and, and everyone's different. You know, some people, sometimes you get folks who are, you know, super intellectual, super philosophical. Mm-hmm. Um, other people a lot more practical. Um, some people are like, you know what, I'm not really either of those, but I'm just really, you know, I know where I want to be. And, you know, you hear some people, well, you know, why do you want to become Catholic? And they're like, you know, the resounding answer I think I hear more than more often than not, no matter what your background is, is this is my, I feel like this is my home, that this is where I'm supposed to be. Right. And another reason why I have so much admiration for the folks who choose to come into the church is that for for myself and for many credo Catholics, I think we got we sort of get taken the faith for granted because we're born into it, uh, and so it's hard to it's difficult to say, but it's like we don't work hard. Uh, You're saying you had it easy. Yep. Yeah, uh, you did. And so, well, no, not <laughs> not growing up in Vietnam in, uh, in the midst of oppression and persecution. Uh, well, the, but at the that. same time, it is easier for me to take it for granted, the faith that I was born in. Yeah, well, it and, and that's, you know, we kind of talked about the what we just kind of outlined in, in nauseating detail was the, the long process. Um, you mentioned folks who are coming from other um, Christian backgrounds. There's a, there's a piece in our place in the RCIA for them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a place in the RCIA for, for people who are baptized Catholic but maybe hadn't received all of their sacraments. So... You know, baptizes as an infant, and you get to 23, 24, 35, 65, whatever it is, and then, you know, you never did, but you're ready to celebrate your first communion and complete your initiation into the church. So, um, as a good friend of mine used to say, you know, three points in the first quarter are just as good as three points in the fourth quarter, you know. So, <laughs> so you know, there's never, a, and the point, and this point was always that there's never a bad time um, to complete your sacraments, and, and when we talk about everybody being in the RCA, it's because after you cross that bridge of initiation, the final kind of period is this period of mystagogy is what it's called. It's a big fancy term for basically figuring out or breaking down all of the the mystical things that happen to you as you're initiated into the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And and as a part of doing that, it's the, the bringing of our souls and the bringing of ourselves more closely to Jesus, and that you know that lasts a lifetime. Now, for those of you church nerds who want to learn more about this process uh, from the early fathers, one of the sources that I want to recommend is Saint Cyril of Jerusalem. Mm, yes, the man wrote extensively about the whole process of uh, initiation and mystagogy, uh, the process, the period after you've received the sacraments. And it's just fascinating to see the explanation of the fathers and the meaning behind every single symbols and gesture that we do, uh, that we celebrate during the Easter Vigil and beyond. Um, so it, it's very neat to read. Yeah, and you've gotten, basically we've given you the, the 45,000 foot view because it's very granular. As Father said, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of very rich symbolism um, but it, it's important to know about because, as, as we mentioned earlier, as, as baptized, fully initiated Catholic Christians, the responsibility for helping to nurture mm-hmm. and encourage these people in their journey lies squarely with us. Right. And I want to get back to what Steve said in the beginning, and it caught my attention because he said, Steve said that every one of us is in the process of RCIA 
whether you're baptized Catholic or you're not baptized at all, uh, because we're always in the process of deepening our understanding of the faith and continue to strengthen our relationship with Jesus. If once we've taken it for granted, once we become so complacent in the life of faith, that's when our faith begins to die. Uh, once you stop working hard for it, then you don't see the value of it, and once you neglect it, it dies. It can. Yeah, you've talked a lot about death today, which is a little troubling. <laughs> it's less. I'm thinking we need to go out for a milkshake or something after this. It's less. brighten you up. No, I have Pixie to. Pixie stick, donut hole. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just something to get you off the death cake. No, no, you're right. There's, you know, it's, it's, it's the pro- the mystagogical process is, is a process by which we are more conformed to Christ, mm-hmm. um, and and as you mentioned that you know everyone has kind of good days and bad days. We have there's there's peaks and troughs, and um, you know the beauty or the benefit of a season like Lent is is it's an opportunity for us to if we have neglected our souls, mm-hmm. we've neglected our spiritual life. It's a hey, you know what? There's never a bad time to jump back on. You know, like I was saying about the person who maybe maybe blew through their uh, their Lenten pledge early, you can get back up and keep working. Right, right. And what the process of RCA? Now, Steve said I was too gloomy today, but he is the process. He's all in black. It's weird. <laughs> the process of, of RCA is the process of hope, because you move. To use a s- analogy or a symbol, to you move from darkness into light, the the enlightenment of Christ, uh, the light of the world, and so same process for us all on this journey of faith, as we begin to get to know Him more, we become more enlightened, and so a recommendation for us all, whether you are uh, baptized or you're not baptized, get to know Jesus, get to know Him. Learn more about him and about our faith, because we never learn enough. There's just so much rich, richness in our tradition, in our faith that we do not know. And for those of you who listen and have yet to uh, fulfill all the initiation sacraments, feel free to contact Steve or Father Martin, and we will be more than happy to guide you in this process. Yeah. So. So, and then the other thing I would say is um, this Lenten season, pray. Um, if you ha- you're taking time out to pray, um, say a prayer for not just the, the elect in your parish, but the elect for all, all, of, all of the elect, um, all the people who are in the catechumen, and all the people who are still in that period of evangelization where they're trying to discern where God wants them to be. You know, pray for them on their journey. Uh, that they'll continue to grow closer to Christ. Um, you know, you, it's it's a it's a beautiful time. It's a, it's an intense journey, and you know, who couldn't use some extra prayers? That is so true, and that brings us to the end of our podcast this week. We thank you for your uh, attention and for listening to us bantering. Hopefully, this Doctor Doom has said his piece. <laughs> you can now go go away and smile secretly. Smile more often, you know what? Because God loves you. <laughs> Amen. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Ex Nihilo with Father Martin Wen and Steve Buckland. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. 
May you be blessed with peace and joy.